Hey, I'm Michael Dorinda. And I'm Jake Bennett. And welcome to episode 140 of the North Meet South web podcast. Hello, hello everyone. It's been a while since we've talked. Um, I feel like we did Laravel News podcast, but we missed like a week or two or something like that. And so it's been a hot minute mm-hmm. since we've done mm-hmm. this podcast. So I'm glad to be back with you, my friend. Uh, missed it's been I've been missing hanging out with you every week. It's you know yeah, it's been uh, there's a little hole in my heart. Yeah, it's been a it's been sad to miss, but I think you've had uh, some important things to to work on. You know, had to practice for that Laracon talk so that you could knock that one out of the park, dude. That was it. That's that's it. So that was it. I forgot. That was I. I was like, hey, dude, can we skip this week because I really got to get this talk going and I'm I'm close, but ugh, not there yet. And you're like, yeah, absolutely, absolutely, go work on the talk. So, yeah, dude, I, there were so many things I learned about giving a talk. You know, I actually wrote down some of them. Should I read them Let's off? Talk real about quick? it. Yeah, because I think you know, there's there's obviously a, a few people have given given talks recently. A few people got up for the first time, and with you know, Laracon Australia, we, we always try and find room in our schedule for first time speakers. So if any of those happen to be listening to this podcast, maybe they will get some, some handy hints out of your advice. So let's, let's dive into it. Yeah. Let me, let me see if I can find it here. Here we are. Okay. So a couple of things that I learned in a lot of these, you know, I have to give a lot of credit because as a first time speaker, I didn't really know what I was doing. So I had to rely on a lot of people to kind of give me direction. So the first thing that I was concerned about when trying to figure out slides was, uh, okay, like, what should I use for my slides? So the first person I talked to was Nuno Maduro. Mm-hmm. And he's great, but he's like Mr. Live Coding. And so I picked up Dexet, which Dexet is really good if all you need is just really simple markdown slides. And, and you know, just need a couple slides at the beginning of your talk to talk about a couple bullet points. Yeah. Dexet works great for that. But if you're going to have any code, Dexet is not the thing. It is not the thing mm-hmm. to use. And so I talked to Jason McCurry. I'm like, hey, what are you, what are you using? And uh, he was like, I use Keynote. He's like, I'm not. He said, I think almost exactly like, I'm not a special snowflake. I'm just a cog in the machine. I am an old man. I use Keynote. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know what I mean? It's so funny. Yeah. It's just like, that's totally Jason McCurry. Uh, and then I also talked to, um, oh man, what is his name? I'm going to forget. Hold on. Give me a second. I'm going to find it. The dude who organized uh, Laracon EU for the first however long. Um, Sean. Yep. Sean McCool. Sean McCool. Thank you. Yep. I watched a talk of Sean McCool's and I was like, dude, I said, uh, here's what I said. I was watching a talk of yours recently and your code snippets look amazing. What do you typically use to generate slides with code on them? So he said, I just use Google Slides. I copy it out of my IDE, PHP Storm, then I copy the code directly into the slide and it retains the color data from the editor. He said, I copy the slide many times and then per slide selectively gray out a certain text and then just use the transition between them. I'm like, oh, that's it. That's all you really need yeah. to do. And so I combined those two ideas. Like I used Keynote and then I used Sean McCool's um, idea of just copying and pasting it right out of my editor, which worked great. And then the other thing that was amazing that I did not know about until just you know this time was this thing in Keynote called Magic Move. Mm-hmm. So Magic Move will handle transitioning your slides from one slide to the next, moving like it'll it'll animate by by character if you want it to. And so what it gives the uh, illusion of doing is it gives the same feel as if you were typing code on the page, right. right? That's that's the sort of feeling that it gives because when you're when you're doing a lot of code like a code heavy talk, it's super important and difficult to keep the audience with you as you're writing code. And so how do you do that? Well, that magic move basically really easily shows you here's where the new code is going. And so that was really helpful. So that was like on the slide side of things, that was 
that was my jam, right? Keynote all the way, super simple. It obviously it's a it's a native app, like um yeah. for Macs. So it just works well. It just works really well. It's not gonna give you any surprises. And it's a good, it's a really good piece of software. So I was really happy to figure that part out. And then the one other thing that I did on all my slides was I needed to have these state diagrams that were kind of going from one to the next. And I just used Figma for that. So I drew circles and arrows and I just exported SVGs straight out of Figma. And then I just did dissolves between them. Nothing fancy. Mm -hmm. I originally was trying to do something fancy and I'm like, I don't know. I just need to stick simple here. And so I started with Figma and it didn't take that long, actually. It was a little bit annoying, but it, I, the result I really liked. Yeah. And yeah, the result, the result was really communicated. good. It, um, it yeah. looked really oh, good. Thanks, I mean, yeah. this is, you know, this is why Apple uses Keynote for all of their stuff, like the stuff that they put together with all of their WD, WWDC and all of those kinds of things. You know, that's all Keynote. So anything yeah. that you see, it's not like, well, you know, apart from the fancy stuff they've been doing since COVID with all of their sure, the Apple videos Park or whatever, the video yeah. stuff and how, you know, they've, Obviously, there's some additional production that goes into the transitions between all of their, you know, green screen environments. And well, they're probably not even right, green screen right. environments. They're the, the real deal there. But um, yeah, interesting that that you note like Dexet in terms of code, because for those of you who don't know, Dexet is all Markdown based. So you can do all that kind of stuff with Markdown and it will kind of dynamically yeah. handle resizing things based on what's on the screen. So I suppose the the main thing for me using Dexet is that you kind of need to make sure you've got the same amount of content on each slide in order to, uh, otherwise like the font size jumps around because it tries to like fill the space sure. yeah so Dexet is really nice if you're going to like put everything on there and then you can kind of do highlighting of specific lines so that you can get people to focus on specific oh, things or you can you know blur and and it does all that dimming stuff that you, you would have done by by hand in keynote for you and it does all the, all the syntax okay. highlighting as well. It's, you know, you put in a fenced code Really? Block. See, I missed all that. Yeah. Darn so, it. but I think, you know, Keynote is a bit more fiddly because you need to copy and paste like the RTF, the rich text from PHP yeah. Storm yeah. or VS Code totally. or whatever mm -hmm. and into Keynote. Yeah. And then you get much more control over animation. And, yeah. you know, if you know that you've got three lines of code on slide one, but you need to add two more lines or whatever you you can keep the font size the same whereas you lose a little bit of that control if you're using Dexet. so there point. are there are certainly pros and cons i know that you know keynote from when i've used it in the past it's, it's a little bit more fiddly but you can do some amazing things if you want to see some amazing things with keynote check out keith damiani's presentation on on graphql oh, yeah. from from Laracon on us 2019 he did he did some incredible That's things right. He absolutely did. I actually referenced his talk. After, I went after I went back to him and I was like, dude, I just was remembering back to your slides and how beautiful they were and what a great job you did. And I was like, I, that's what I most remembered about your talk. Not to be insulting, but I was like, I remember your talk was so, <laughs> it the design great. was yeah. so good. It looked so good. I did, literally didn't even remember that it was GraphQL, <laughs> but I remember the design was really, yeah. really solid. So yeah. And, and the other thing that was, there was a couple little things that I learned as well. Like if this is from Jason Bercury, but if he had a long section of code, what he would do is he would paste it on the page. And I was using size, I think I was using a font size 41 line spacing 1.2, mm -hmm. sometimes 1.5 if I didn't have much space on the or code on the page and I really wanted to just zoom in. But like I was 1.2 most of the time. But if you have a long section of code, what you can do is you can kind of paste it and let some of it hang below the fold. And then on the next slide, you can do like a move transition or not even on the next slide. You can just do like click that content and do a move transition mm -hmm. and slide it up the page. 
And so when you click next, it just slides it up the page and shows the bottom part of the content as well. It's like just a really clever way to display, you know, so that you basically keep that continuity. Oh, we're still yeah. in the same piece of code. Yeah. Right. So, so that was good. And then also like navigating, like the direction in which you navigate through your slides actually makes a difference too. So like when I was talking about controllers, instead of doing a dissolve, what I did is I did a left to right. So I would sit on one controller and then I, sl I slid to the left and pulled the next controller in from the right. And then I slid to the left and pulled the next controller in from the right. So like you kind of like in your, in your mind, like not even consciously, you just like, you kind of knew that they were next to each other. Mm -hmm. So when I was going back to a control, the controller we first started with, I slid back through the transitions to the left so that you knew yeah. like visually this is where you were. Mm -hmm. So that worked, that worked really well. And then, uh, yeah. So anyway, it, I think that, that kind of, you know, left, right versus up, down, whilst people might not necessarily notice it as a thing that's happening, your brain kind of processes that in a way that you kind of realize if you're looking at a different thing versus looking at a different region of the same thing. That makes sense. Like, you know, when, when you're yeah. in your editor, for example, if you change files, that's, that's like a whole refresh of what you're seeing. You know, it might not right. be a left to light yep. slide, yep. but if you're moving between, you know, a method at the top of the file and a method at the bottom of the file, that's an up down. So it kind right. of, it's, it's, right. it's a really, oh, it's a right. really yes. small thing, but sense. I think cognitively for an audience, mm -hmm. yep. it's, it, it kind of helps them stay within the context without going, Oh, you know, suddenly this thing's like dropped in, into the, the next yeah. slide or whatever, you know, sometimes you can get a exactly. bit carried away with, with slide transitions and things like that. Yeah. But like when you're going down, you're right. You're kind of like moving on to the next thing. And it's like if you're sort of, in, you know, we were very much like we were at the controller level. We were talking about all three were controllers. Right. And so it was like, here's a space we're in. Move to the right. Move to the right. We had to jump back to the first one. So we moved to the left, move to the left, go back to the first one. Then we moved mm -hmm. to the right, then we moved to the right again. So everybody's like, okay, I, I get like this sort of the next left to right sort of deal. And then when we were moving on to the next one, it was like, okay, slide down. The other thing that was helpful, I think, was uh, I tried to keep like a title slide not a title slide, but a title at the top of the page mm -hmm. to kind of keep people with like engaged with where we were. Like, okay, we started with like the problem. Then we talked about the pattern. Then we talked about the implementation. And at any point you could kind of glance up at the top and see which section we were in for people who were going to be coming in after a break. I was like, which part are we in? You know, or somebody who's jumping into the talk halfway through, which section are we in here? So I thought that was helpful. And that was something that me and J-Mac talked about beforehand as well. Mm -hmm. Rehearsing beforehand with other people that you trust. Yeah. And that you know are going to be honest with you and not try and spare your feelings yeah. is so important. And so I was really thankful for you and TJ and David and Jason. I've said it multiple times, but it was so crucial. So crucial. There was a couple of things that Jason said that were like, oh man, I'm just so glad you said something. Because he one of my illustrations, he was like, dude, that's like garbage. That's really <laughs> that feels super weird. Yeah. And I was like, oh boy, really? And I was like, man, I really worked a lot, a long time on that. And then I was like, uh, so then that's what that was. I swapped the illustration out with my dog, Teddy, and that landed pretty yeah. well. So it was like, it was good. But um, dog is always going to land well. Exactly. From you guys, the thing that I really picked up was that the clean code is the better code, right? So mm -hmm. uh, originally I had like all these, these return types and I had like type hinted uh, arguments and I had public on the front of all my uh, function declarations inside of the classes. And you and David were just like, dude, just drop drop the public like just make it super mm -hmm. simple like drop the types drop the return types none of that and nobody missed it but it was way yeah. clearer what everybody needed to be focusing yeah. on so you know you're not writing when you're writing for a talk you're not writing for php stand 100%. right 
you're writing for understanding. Yeah. And so it doesn't need to be all typed up, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. and, and, you know, you're not running it through a linter. Right. It, it yeah. doesn't matter. That's, that's exactly right. Um, you know, you're not going to be running through a linter. There's no code quality checks. There's no, you know, style consistency or any, like, you know, you want consistency from slide to slide, but it's not like a project level consistency that you need to worry exactly. about. And you, and, and you're, you're kind of teaching this as a high level concept. You're not teaching it as here is some yes. production ready code that you copy and paste. So, you know, things like public keywords, protected keywords, you know, that kind of stuff isn't important. Return types doesn't matter because we're not we're not focusing on how this all fits into the wider system. We're focusing in, in your specific example, how we transi- transition states, how we look at what we can do within each transition and things like that. So being able to remove, yeah. you know, to, to borrow Jeffrey Way's much maligned ah. visual debt, you know, it's it's that kind of stuff. It's great. Just, it's a great line. Yeah. But it's not, you know, in that in that teaching context, it, it's not oh, really critical. It makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Focus on like the names of the methods, not whether they're yes. you know accessible outside of this class or whatever. Because a lot of the time, you're not even looking in a class context. You're looking at a specific method and what that method does. So you know you know it's yeah. a function, whether it's protected or public or whatever. It doesn't matter in that context, you're looking at what it's doing and the kinds of things that you can do within the scope of that method, not, you know, anything else. And so, you know, you, right. people don't need to think about. Yeah. The return type, right. Or the fact right. that it's a public or protected or private. Like, it's not at all what we're talking about. It's just extra like noise. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that was really good. And then the other thing is like, you know, the code doesn't have to work actually, mm-hmm. unless you're doing, if you're doing a live coding demo, obviously it does. But like one of the nice things about not live coding is that your code doesn't actually even have to run. And mine didn't like, I, I you know, some of the stuff I just made up, I'm like, right. okay, I'm going to run this mail. And like, I'm not actually, I didn't actually create the mail. Mm-hmm. I just wrote it. Right. And then I said at the top of each of my editor, uh, each of my uh, files, I just said, ignore all errors. Like just don't warn me in my IDE. I was like, don't mm-hmm. warn me about anything. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Just let me write the pseudo code I want. Yeah. Because you're only doing it for formatting and, and code style and things like that. Totally. You know, you're not not looking exactly. at it. And, and, so and the I thing just, is, you, yeah. you'd probably even have it all in, you know, one giant file. And you would just scroll down and say everything would just be there. And that way you can also eyeball your, is it roughly Dude, the same? I should have done it all in one file. That would have been so much smarter. I should have done all in one is file. Is it all sort of the same width? You know, normally you'd, I mean, yes. you'd have like a soft great, column That's a great of, idea. That's of 120 good... characters or whatever. But, you know, you yeah. might find that everything is like 100 characters in in the context of what you're trying to present, which means that if you know yeah. everything is roughly the same width, you can pick a font size that, you know, makes that text bigger, but it's always yeah. going to be like point. on your slides. It will take up the full width. It's going to be easier for people in the back to see, people that are watching on their phones, the recordings after the fact, but you don't have this thing where it's jumping around where you're losing too much context because you can see at a high yeah. level everything that that's there so and you know taylor does that kind of stuff yep. with with his you know he just throws everything in the routes file and and goes through in sublime yep. text you know just scroll down to the next thing comment uncomment whatever and you know you don't lose you don't think too much about it because everything's roughly the same size it's all digestible in a single you know scroll space on the screen and things like that so that's you know a nice little thing especially you're already you're already in you know vs code or, or php storm or whatever because you want to get that real text, you know, the, the RTF format so that yep. you can put that into Keynote and you want to, because that process is tedious and whatever, you want that to be as, as simple as possible. So totally. 
That would have been a great idea. I think that is a really good suggestion for future me is to keep it all in one file. If you're doing, if you're not doing live coding, which I don't plan on doing, if I give another talk, I really liked this format. I felt like it allowed me to get through the most as quickly as possible and not have to be nervous about mm-hmm. code not working. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, it also just gave me the freedom to do whatever I wanted. Or just typing in front of 800 people. Yeah. Exactly. Just pseudocode, basically the whole thing. Like, what would I want it to look like if I was writing it? If you've ever paired with anyone, right, having someone sit next to you or watching you or over your shoulder, yeah. you, whatever that looks like, you know that you suddenly lose the ability to type. You, you, it's either typos yeah, or it's, exactly. you lose yeah. 40 words per minute in your ability to to get characters onto the onto the page. So, you know, removing that from the equation. And like, don't get me wrong, there are people, Jess, Taylor, Nuno, Frake, they all... They all do this kind of stuff. There's there's nothing wrong with live coding, but it's not for everyone. And yep. you know, you're either going to be good at it or you're not, or you could practice until you are. But there's enough stuff kind of going on when you're putting a talk together to to get up in front of people where, you know, it's one less thing to worry about. It's one less thing to worry about going one wrong. Practice. One less yeah. thing to practice. Yep. And you can't you can't practice how you're gonna perform under the pressure, yeah. like, quote, pressure of 800 yeah. sets of eyeballs. And I think if you can nail what you're putting on the slides in, in the same way that you did in terms of not having too much, not having too little, getting the content just right, then, you know, it's going to be much more informative, I think, for the audience. And it allows you to get through a whole lot more. And when you're yep. not worried about, typos and speed and and all that other kind of stuff you know you can as you as you were end up with 180 slides and you can you know transition between 10 slides in the space of 30 seconds much easier than you can you know type for 30 seconds to to get that same effect so 100 percent, 100 percent. yep and no typos no problems no you know compiler errors no ide screaming at you none of that stuff so it just it gives me as a first-time speaker it gave me a lot more confidence taylor for getting a get yeah exactly that was crazy taylor for getting the get on his query you know and and, you know someone in the audience had to pick it up which at first i didn't know Um, i was like oh no what happened i didn't see i didn't see what yeah what's happened there yeah I did like Aaron Aaron's take on yeah. that, you know. He, he that, pretended that, to mess up for the that, rest of us. That Taylor was generous to, yeah. you know, to make it make it feel like. <laughs> yeah, he messed up. Um, so, yeah, I know. So, yeah. The the only other thing that I would say about slides is don't put your talk on the slides. Yeah, yeah, um, for sure. Don't don't stand there and look at the slides and kind of recite what's on the slides because if that's that's the case you don't need to give a talk you can write a blog post people can read it in their own time your your slides are there to kind of augment your talk or to provide you with talking points because you've practiced a lot so you know what you're going to say and if you ever get stuck anywhere you've got these dot points you know three or four things per slide or, or one big slide in you know how Aaron did he's just had one sentence on a slide and focused on different parts of it have as little as possible on your slides that allows you to convey what you want but you don't want your audience focusing on your slides you want your audience listening to what you have to say which fills in the world around whatever that key point is of the slide yeah yeah um 100 you know i i had uni lecturers teachers that you know here's this thing copy what's on there or whatever and they you know just blab on and read read what's like or that a lot of the time they'd be like just read that and then you know i'll give you two minutes or whatever and then we'll continue kind of thing so you want to you want to present. You don't want to give something for people to read because yeah. the reading, as I said, is something that you can get from a blog. 
you want have your speaker notes you know if you've got foldback displays that you can look at or you're looking at your laptop or you've whatever or you've practiced a thousand times that you know it all the the inherent pressure for i guess a lot of people that especially newer speakers getting up in front of 100 or 200 or even 30 or 800 people suddenly you've got all of these eyeballs and they're all watching you you know having having this the the notes there it's um it's it's good for your own sort of to to jog your memory basically yep yep so Two more, like maybe two or three more things I'll mention here. And then I'll, I'll probably have to run, unfortunately. Here was one thing that was really, really helpful that Nuno, Nuno told me. So he was like, hey, how are you feeling? I'm like, good. This is the day before my talk. He's like, how are you feeling? I'm like, great. He's like, have you practiced your talk today yet? I said, yes. He said, okay, here's what you need to do. He said, go go backstage, go get, get in a room, lock yourself in a room and practice one more time full energy. Like give it exactly like you're going to give it on the stage, like, you know, project your voice, be excited, like say the jokes, like get, get everything exactly as how you're going to do it. And he said, then close your laptop, get eight hours of sleep and don't practice tomorrow. And he said, when you get up on stage, Mm -hmm. that should be the first time you do it tomorrow. I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. And so other people gave me conflicting information, but I was like, I really like Nuno. He, he does a really good job talking. I was like, I'm going to just, he's, I watched him give other talks. Like I, I hung out with him at PHP tech in Chicago and he killed his talk that he did there. I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. I, what, you know, I feel good. Like I'm going to do that. And he was so right. Like the first time you get, it's sort of like when you start the podcast and you don't record the first three minutes and you're like, Oh man, I wish I could go back and record that. That was like the funniest part of the whole thing. You know what I mean? So you're just, it's, you're getting all that good mm-hmm. energy out right up front. And so I feel like sometimes if you rehearse right before all that good energy and that excitement that you had when you gave it that first time is sort of wasted on your rehearsal. And then you get on stage and you're just yeah. sort of parroting yourself from what you or you're just you're trying to make the same joke that you made a couple of minutes ago land again. And it's just it feels like it's stale, you know. So that was really good advice. So thank you, Nuno. Um, solid, solid advice there. And then the other thing is, so you were talking about you don't want to like read. And I agree. However, beforehand, I wrote almost everything out by hand, everything. I had mm-hmm. the entire talk mm-hmm. manuscripted. And so I had a friend who said, do outline. So this is one of my pastor friends, actually, because I was like, dude, how do you write your messages every week, right? And he was like, I do, I do an outline, then I manuscript the whole thing, then I go back to an outline. So what he meant by that is like, mm-hmm. I give myself structure for here's how I want to here's how I want to tackle this problem. Then I write it all out. Then I rehearse it. And then I go back to using my outline so that you're not, re- so you're not reading it. But you, you have written it all before. You know what you want to say, but you've rehearsed it enough that you're not reading it. You know what I mean? And so it comes off much yeah. more natural. The only things that I actually left manuscripted in my keynote notes to myself was my intro, which I think is really important because you're just getting on stage, you're a little bit nervous. So like right. manuscripting yep. your intro is totally great. Like your first minute or so, know exactly what you're going to say. Don't leave that up to chance. Nail that and get that solid. And that's going to give you a good, you know, you're going to feel good about starting. And then manuscript your transitions. So like between point A and point B, this is a really important point for me to mention here. I need to make sure I'm saying these things or else it's not going to make sense later on. I manuscripted those and left them in my, left them in my notes as well. And so that, that helped a lot. But yeah, those were, those were my top tips, I think. So sort of a smattering of them there. But I wrote them down right afterwards because I was like, these are the things that were most important to me as I prepped this and as I was like reflecting on on you know, just the process. Yeah. 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 Yeah, for sure. Um, having, having that thing, as you say, if you're nervous when you're starting something that like gets you into, you know, 
gets you into your running pace yep. is is really good. Um, and especially if you can read that. And you're going to be reading it kind of, I don't know how musical you are, but the, the notion of sight reading, you know, you know all the words and you kind of, you can feel your way through the notes just mm. by sight. Yeah. So you're not necessarily yeah. reading word for word, yep. but you're kind That's of remembering one. this thing that you've practiced over and over again. And so, you know, by the time you get into your first slide, like of actual content past your introduction, you're in the groove, you kind of remember. Yeah. And if you if you manuscript too much of it, it feels very much like you're reading yeah, yeah. to the audience, whereas rather than presenting to the audience, yeah. which I think is a it's a it's a it's an important distinction um of, you know, I'm telling you a story, I'm not kind of reading you the story kind of thing. Yeah. No, I, I think you're absolutely right. And the the sight reading idea there is is super true. Yeah, you don't want to actually be reading it. You want to have rehearsed it like, you know, 50 times. So you know exactly what you're going to say, but it's a bit of a safety blanket, right? It's like, if I forget, I'm right here. Like it's, I've got my text right in front of me. Like I can find my spot if I, if I'm freaking out, you know? And so yeah, exactly. Uh, I didn't actually even use it. Like I knew exactly by the time I was up there, I knew what I was saying, but it was there for me just in case I lost my spot or I wanted, you know, it's like, in case I needed to refer back to things. So, yep. Oh, last thing. I realized, and Matt Stauffer has talked about this before, I, I am a person who processes externally. So for me, when I really started to nail, like, one of what I wanted to say is I literally just, I got out my AirPods and I put my phone on uh, voice memo and I looked at the first sort mm-hmm. of point and I, I basically gave the talk to myself. And so I would talk about two or three minutes and I'd be like, okay, that feels good. Or if it didn't, I would... I would start over and do that two or three minutes again and talk it to myself and like say, okay, that felt good. I like these parts. And then what I did is I basically transcribed those notes into text and then looked through them and cleaned them up and then talked it to myself again. And I was like, okay, so that for me, I had to actually say it out loud. I was typing so much information and it just couldn't clarify it. I had to start talking um, or else I just was never going to actually make it work. And so that was really helpful to me. So I had you know, 30 minutes of recorded audio that I basically transcribed, cleaned up, and then used that to help structure what I actually wanted to say. Yep. So that was really helpful too. Nice. So that's good. And and all in all, you know, it went well. It was well received. You you felt, I mean, you were, you looked confident delivering it. I don't know how much you were packing it, <laughs> you know, internally. <laughs> I felt, so honestly, so the funny thing was I kept on waiting for the nerves to hit me. I was like, this is going to just take mm-hmm. over. I'm going to be, I'm, my hands are going to be shaking. My voice is going to be quivering. Mm-hmm. Never happened. I don't know. I think it was just because yeah. it, it, there's a couple of things. Number one, all the people there want you to win. They all want you to do a great job. Like it was such a friendly 100%. audience. Like yep. nobody's wanting you to fail up there. And so even mm-hmm. if you make a small mistake, it's like everybody's like cheering for you, you know? And so, and then like, oh, my homies were up front. Like all the, you know, all the friends were up front whistling for you, cheering you on. And like all the speakers backstage are like, you're going to kill it. Great job. So it just, it felt really good. Right. It felt like I was presenting to a bunch of friends. And so I never, I, it never really hit me and the nerves never really hit me. So I was feeling good. I was feeling really good. And, um, I think just due to a lot of the encouragement of the people who were there. So that, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's one thing that, you know, we've, we just sent out our speaker invitations for Laracon AU and speaking with the, a few people from uh, a few of the speakers from last time from, you know, four years ago now and, 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 you know, the feedback from the speakers at the time, even those that we'd kind of like rung in to Laracon like these were people that are not PHP not Laravel people they were you know potentially not even designers or programmers or anything like that the the fact that we sought them out to invite them to speak 
that they're coming into this community that they don't know anything about. And and the feedback that we got was so positive that, you know, the community, that the audience was so welcoming. And as you say, the audience isn't there to see you fail. They're not going to, you know, chide you if you do anything wrong. They, you know, the, but this is our community, the Laravel community as a whole, you know, and, and this is going to, going back to Aaron's talk about publishing your work, putting yourself out there and just having a genuine enthusiasm for what you're trying to communicate. I think that's what really sticks with people at the end of the day. And there, there are a couple of talks like that, that I've, that I've picked up um, for this year that I think are going to fit that same kind of, I guess, genre or category of talk of, of like, I, I saw some of the, the the supporting materials from these speakers and I felt that energy. And I think the audience, when they feel that energy, even if the topic isn't quite what you're expecting, it's still, it's the energy that you yeah. can get behind. You know, yeah. Aaron said it, that, that SVG thing, like, I don't, I don't totally. know what the product is. I've never used it. I have no need for it, but I'm excited for the energy. Yeah. And this is what we're there for. You know, the audience is there to, to feed off that energy, to be excited about what you're excited about and maybe learn something along the way, maybe learning something unexpected. You know, yeah. I wasn't expecting to take anything away from this talk, but, you know, and that's, those are the kind of conversations or those are the kind of experiences that Laracon is really all about from the talks, you know, the, the whole other, other side of that is the people thing. You know, you're there for yeah, the connections oh yeah. more than you are, you know, you can watch the talks after and it's, it's a, it's a delicate thing, especially from my perspective as a conference organizer to say, you know, you're here for the conference. You paid to come to the conference to see these speakers, but the talks will be recorded. And if you're having a really great conversation Absolutely. with someone from a break, yeah. right? You don't, don't cut that conversation short. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to quietly go into the theater five minutes after someone's talk starts, you can make up that five minutes when the videos come out, yep. but you can't recreate Correct. the experience of having that conversation with that person, with that community member in that moment. Man, that's a um, great point. Yeah, and so that's, really that's, great. that's I, I say, you know, and this I stole from, I was listening to an episode of Design Life FM and I tweeted about it the other day where they're talking about the same kind of thing going to... Uh, it was a design conference and, you know, you can't reproduce those experiences the moment you walk out of the conference, you know, that's, that's done. The energy's gone, the people's gone, the passion's gone. So yes, come, come for the talks, of course, but remember, and, and don't be disrespectful. This is not to be disrespectful to the speakers sure. either yep. because yep. they put so much time and effort, you know, this firsthand into uh, putting those talks together, practicing them, making them great. Um, so don't don't disrespect the speakers. No disrespect to them whatsoever. But there's also the parts of the conference that you can't recreate. Yeah. So you know, keep that in mind. Hundred percent. Like there have been so many more conference. You know, and it's like we we've had this group that we talk in in Telegram for. I mean, what? How many? Eight eight years now? Maybe eight, maybe so long, more. Yeah. Eight or nine years. And it's mm -hmm. like this has been worth way more than every talk that we've had so far. You know, like it's it's so sure. true. It's yep. just if you can make a connection with even just a couple people just to bounce ideas off and everything mm -hmm. like, yeah, the talks are great, but you can always go back and watch them later. So anyway, folks, yeah. that's it for us today. I hate to wrap it up, uh, but it's been a fun one. So let's, let's do so. This was episode 140. You can find show notes for this episode at North meets South audio slash 140. Hit us up on Twitter at Jacob Bennett and Michael Dorinda or at North South audio. We would love to hear from you. Rate us up in your podcast or choice. Five stars would be amazing. If this is your first time listening to the show since Laracon. Thanks for tuning in. We're glad to have you and uh, we'll see you in two weeks. Oh, also, well, yeah, and also, 
Kevin McKee, you're a rock star. Thanks for waiting for me. All right, brother. Bye, everybody. <laughs> See you. Bye.